Hey folks, this episode we're hosting travel and lifestyle content creator Josh Berendez. Josh opens up to us about how he found his passion for film, following that passion through constant obstacles, and how he stays inspired even in his most challenging moments. For those feeling doubtful in their entrepreneurial journey, Josh brings a fresh perspective on how to keep moving forward. Entrepreneurship is a podcast by and for entrepreneurs. We talk to founders and innovators about the shit they're going through and how they work through the reality of building a business. Yeah, so I grew up in Northwest Iowa, super small rural community. Grew up on the farm, the last and only son in my family. So I was, you know, when I was born, it was like all expectations was I was going to take over the farm. How many kids? Uh, three. I have three, older, I have three older sisters, so I'm the youngest and only boy. Okay. But I grew up in a super small town, like the town where like everyone knows everyone. If I'm walking down the street, someone pulls over and goes, hey, do you need a ride? Like, you know, we had like one stoplight in our town. When that stoplight broke, we just put up stop signs. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, super small town. Grew up in Iowa. I never really felt like I wanted to do the whole farming thing, but for a long time, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. Bounce around through college a lot. First major is Parks and Rec, believe it or not. Um, Why did you pick Parks and Rec? Was is it was it inspired by the show? I think <laughs> no, it's pre-show. It's pre-show. <laughs> um, I think I just really loved being in the outdoors, and I knew I didn't want to farm, but I grew up like knowing like manual labor and being outside and doing all that. So that intrigued me. Um, and I wanted you to move to Colorado. You wanted to get all uniforms. Yeah, 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 exactly. Do you know how handy like Josh uniforms. is. He's he knows how to build everything. I'd hope so. That's that is totally false. That's so false. Josh, You're hyping me Josh, up. That's, that's, Josh I'm built li- his own house. Josh <laughs> built the building we're living in, or we're currently in. Right no, now. I literally just had this conversation <laughs> today. I was like, even though I'm from Iowa and I grew up on a farm, I don't know how to build or make anything. So that, I, Joe, actually, Joe is just totally so, trying to hype me up. So <laughs> when we were when we were uh, in the mountains for a bachelor party. You know, uh, some some few months ago, three or four months ago, I remember Josh just totally stepping up and like it was it was a very important task that no one else could figure out. The axe throwing. and it was getting this. <laughs> yes, it was get, it was the axe throwing thing. It was so important, and you did it, and no one else could. <laughs> I and appreciate that, and job. I attribute that to your. To your farm. I mean, I can back that up because I tried to stand that thing up like five more times <laughs> and it just fell over us, every time an axe hit it. Us city folk, we just don't have we don't have the don't have the gumption. We don't have what it takes. Yeah, you know, I I wish I had more of that abilities to build things like woodworking and all that, but it just wasn't me. But that'll be later. Were you having a hard time with um with uh, farmersonly.com. <laughs> you needed I've never checked it out. I've never checked out farmers only. It's not my type of crowd. <laughs> Sounds like it, but you but you came from this really small, tight knit community, and you're close with your family. But you decided that this side wasn't for me, so I just kind of want to go off and do my own thing. Uh, for a long time, I kind of kept changing majors, and every time I changed a major, my dad was always trying to find a way to wrap that back. And go, well, you can do that. Come back to the farm, like Parks and Rec. You work for the city and work at the farm. Uh, Where did you going, go to school? Went to community colleges uh, for the first few years, and then I went to. University of Northern Iowa, um, and then I also studied abroad in Florence, Italy. Okay, and that—I mean, we can get into that later. But that whole time of my life completely changed. Like, I, I can tell you a specific moment in my life that changed my life forever. Study studying abroad, seeing something outside of Northwestern Iowa. Yeah, so it was actually through my community college at the time. I had never been outside the country. I mean, I've been to like Mexico, like an all-inclusive resort. Like, I've never really experienced another culture. Right. Um. So I went on like a 10 day trip, got a scholarship to go to Italy for like 10 days. And I had never really been outside the country besides that. At that moment in my life, I just got my degree in marketing just because it was a super broad degree to get and I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, and I was kind of started to go to like a lot of music festivals and concerts and shows. And it was always kind of like watching the videos. At that moment, I have never filmed, I've never touched the camera. Didn't even know what a DSLR was. I was 24 at the time. I still don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a camera. DSLR. Oh, cool. Yep. <laughs> nice. Um, and my brother-in-law gave me like a GoPro 2 to like film my trip. Like I filmed that whole trip. Um, he got you one. Your brother-in-law got you a GoPro just because. Gave me, gave me his GoPro. It's like, hey, okay. you should like just record this trip if that's something you're interested in. Sweet. And um, 
I mean, I went from like cornfields and gravel roads to like the Sistine Chapel and like walking down cobblestone streets of like Florence, Italy, like where the Renaissance happened. Like I was like, this is insane. And um, yeah, I had this moment in Rome. We walked out of this cathedral and there was this uh, man like just playing this cello. And there was like really busy like square plaza in Rome, a million people walking around super loud. And this guy just started playing this cello. And all of a sudden, like everyone just stopped and like started watching this man play this cello. And I recorded that moment like on my GoPro. And like once he got done, everyone clapped, everyone kept walking. And I was like, that moment right there was like seeing, witnessing something that brought all these people together for just like a moment who didn't speak the same language, who probably would never talk to each other in the street. And everyone stopped and like shared this moment. And like it sounds like a really super simple thing, and it is. But I don't know, something about that moment, just like I walked away, I picked up that GoPro and I was like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Was it some, so capturing that moment of this? I think just experiencing, you know, when you, you, you guys all travel a lot, like just, you know, all the small little things. It's not like the big things that make a, a trip, you know, it's all like the small little moments. Right. And like, for me, it was like that moment. This is like, wow, how many other moments are out there like this? And like, I got back from Italy. That was like the last day. Mom and dad asked how I was. I was like, I'm going to school for video production. And then I'm going back to Italy to study. And a year later, I went back to Florence and studied. How long were you there the second time? Um, four months. And you were there specifically to study film? Um, I studied like design, photography, and video. Nice. Kind of like a range of things. Was your dad still trying to rope that back into, well, like, here's how you could do that and still farm? Um, yeah, because that's when drones were becoming really popular. Uh, yeah. And I mean, he was right. My dad's been farming since he was in middle school. Mm -hmm. um, he, he is extremely intelligent when it comes to farming. And he, he called that out ahead of time. It's like, hey, these next few years, drones are going to become really big and egg. And they, you, could, you could be like on the frontier of that. They he was right. He was totally right. Yeah, they totally are. So for, much they're, they're using them for planting and for like well, they inspecting, like keep, yeah. spraying, spraying, water usage. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 So, yeah. Disease no. control. It's yeah. So wild. Yeah. No. So, when I started doing that, then he was trying to tie me back into that. And obviously, anything artistic and creative, you're not making money at all, right? Mm -hmm. In the beginning. Yeah, um, even though as you witnessed in Florence, like at a certain point in a in a fair in a well established um, society, that's all there is. Yeah, it's art and culture, and I think you know you see it in an ancient ancient city like Florence, you mm -hmm. got to see that firsthand where people truly appreciate art. art. Yeah, so yeah, that was like transformational for me to go from that to see to see italy and um uh where was i going with that <laughs> before the beer that pop the, yeah that was the, loud, <laughs> that was the loudest beer pop um, i've ever heard in my life yeah i mean i didn't even have i went to a super small school i graduated with 24 kids in my grade we didn't even have art class in high school like art was not something people did and i had no interest in it until i went on that trip um, because it was never you were never exposed to it i was never exposed to it um and then yeah that trip i mean i literally i can tell you an exact moment i have it recorded on a gopro like that moment right there changed my life hmm. um so yeah and then i just went all the way i went fully in so went back the parks and rec career was done it was done point. yeah yeah i only did that for like a semester i did that for two semesters um and then yeah i kind of bounced around a little bit but then i decided to go back to school um, I was in my first semester in like, it's not film school, it was like video production. And someone was like, you should get like a DSLR camera. And I was like, what's that? Uh, yeah, I should. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, so they're like, what uh, would you say that is? Like a Canon, like, like T5i. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like a little, and I was like, oh, like, I, yeah, I guess I maybe, like, I, that's how little, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything about video production, filming, none of that. I was the only person. For a long time, I was like really self-conscious about it because I'm like walking around with a video camera and I've like, I've never seen people walk around with video cameras. Like my whole time, my whole life growing up, like it just felt so weird to me, like doing this for at that beginning. 
Um, oh, I bet. I can only imagine, like, if you got up, you know, in some farmer's face in the middle of Iowa with the camera, yeah. like, what the fuck are you doing, kid? So, you know, it's funny. I actually made, like, this, well, it was, like, my last fall. Like, harvest is, like, a big deal, like, in the in the Midwest. It's, like, you know, this, this crop that you've been raising, growing the entire year is ready to harvest. And I knew I was, like, trying to make moves to go to Denver. So I was, like, this is, like, my last fall in Denver. And, you know, my legacy was supposed to be like taking over the farm so i kind of thought like what if i just like left a part of me behind and just like start documenting filming these farmers and like my dad and like family friends and i made this documentary didn't even like mean to be a documentary i just started filming then i realized what i had and it's actually like my most viewed video i've had people from like australia brazil germany like reach out to me tech like call me email me message me on youtube um, I've sold that footage to like countless people. I've had companies in Canada hit me up. I've had people on the East Coast. Um, it's a very popular documentary and like goes back to what you say. Like the reason I think a lot of people, especially in my area, like loved it so much is because they know farming their whole life, but they've never seen it documented and recorded. So for a lot of people, like, wow, we've never seen this perspective of farming that you put together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of like my way to be like, you know, I'm leaving, but here's something for you guys to enjoy. Yeah. Is, is that sort of what helped you transition and in turning this into a, a gig, like a, a, something, well, that, something time, that can support that, your life? At that time I was trying. So I had graduated. I went, I didn't graduate college. When I was like 26 and I went straight through. I went, Hell yeah. you know, I, I did went, the same thing. I was, <laughs> I, I was like, 28. I was like 20, I might have been like 25. But I went six and a half years straight every semester, summer classes. I just kept changing majors. Um, so I graduated and I was like, all right, there's like this lake town in Iowa that I like would always work in the summertime, like bartending and stuff, like super popular. A lot of money there. I'm like, I'm going to go to this town. That's where my sister lived. I just lived with her during the summertime. So Okaboji. Okaboji. Yeah, Joe knows. <laughs> It's like you don't know what a DSLR is, but you know Okaboji. <laughs> yeah, I know what Okaboji is. <laughs> it's like the Ozark of Iowa, but obviously oh, yeah. much smaller scale. But um, Jason Bateman out there? <laughs> I haven't seen him yet. I don't know. Maybe. You're not, Warren a, Buffett you're not has allowed a house. to fly drones Warren Buffett there. has a house out there. Um, I thought Warren Buffett owned like one house and drove like a Toyota Corolla from 1996. Well, like, it's actually his daughter's house. Uh, okay. Makes he sense. bought it, but it's his yeah. daughter's house. Yeah. Um, so I went to Okaboji this summer because I'm like, okay, I've lived here all this all these summers. I know there's a ton of money up here, like a lot of wealthy businesses, people. I got like one gig, uh, one client that entire summer. No one like took me seriously because I had long hair and a beard, even though I knew more about video production than like, I mean, I shouldn't say I know more about video production than like a lot of people up there, but like advertising and marketing is not really a thing in a small area because it's all word of mouth and Mm -hmm. people just know what's happening. So who are you talking to? And people just didn't take me serious. I mean, I reach out to people all the time. Like businesses, I went out to like uh, a guy who owned several of the bars, uh, a boat marina, a bunch of businesses. Like he's a multimillionaire. They didn't and, see. They didn't see the value of hiring. Um, a I had like a whole p- uh, presentation and gave it to them, and they asked me how much I would charge if I just took some photos with my phone and texted them <laughs> to them. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, honestly, like a lot of people were just like straight up. I mean, I honestly did have people say like, I just you know can't take you professionally because I have like beard and long hair. Really? I'm like, oh yeah, for sure. There are songs about that. <laughs> maybe maybe I should become a musician. Um, <laughs> just like that, yeah. Carry on. Wait, so um, were you, were you trying to like start up your business at this point? I was trying to start my just... business to get money to move to Denver because okay. I knew I wanted to move to Denver. But I'm okay. like, I'm going to make, I'm going to go to Okaboji. I'm going to make a ton of money, and I made none. And the you only... bartended. You made none doing the the video, video stuff. Production, yeah, Did no. you, but you bartended too. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean. I, no, I, actually that summer, no, I was full video and I was just like doing passion projects and like making fun little videos for myself, but like trying to get hired by other clients and no one. One real estate guy hired me a few times and that was it. Um, so, anyways, but, but at that point, so was it like, I'm going to start the business, move to Denver and that's when I'm going to like launch my business or was it just like, I'm going to do this little thing, get some money, get out there. I was trying to like make, I was trying to like make moves making video there so I can make money and move to Denver. Got it. And that didn't happen. Yeah. But then a big opportunity came up 
Real Rice. quick, why Denver? Why was Denver the spot at that point? <clears throat> the shining so beacon of, a, of the hell. There's a few reasons. Um, the first few reasons was I knew a lot. There's a ton of people from Iowa who live out here. My aunt lives in Castle Rock, so I grew up coming out to Castle Rock all the time to visit her and my grandma. Um, and I love the outdoors. So my first major was like Parks and Rec. I wanted to be in a city because like I'm from a small town where everyone knows what everyone's up to or they think you know they know what you're up to and they think they know you. Everyone's in each other's business. And I just like wanted to be in a city. But I also like loved being outside. So I was like, Denver seems like a really good spot. But one time, this is kind of a funny story. Uh, a couple of friends and I were driving out to Coachella. We drive out to Coachella like during finals week of college, go to Coachella, come back, take our finals. And we stopped in Denver. And it was, we were at this restaurant downtown and I saw this woman full suit. Like she was a, like looking like a boss, but she had like bright purple hair. And I'm like, in Iowa, you would never see someone looking like dressed that professionally with like bright purple hair. And I was like, you know what? I bet you people probably take her seriously. Like she looks like a professional, like she's dressed like a professional wild purple hair. And I was like, that's cool. Like you can like show personality and be yourself and just not be in the norm and still be taken professionally. And I was like, definitely again, move to Denver. That's what tipped the scale. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we should try to find purple hair girl. Like, <laughs> right. Changed She's the um, one, man. <laughs> She's the one, man. I've been looking. I've been over four years, man. Can you tried Miss Have you have you have you tried other uh, that's why other moved, colors? That's why I moved to Colfax. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's put out a, a misconnections post tonight. On is that still a thing? Sure, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't look at it every night. <laughs> Craigslist misconnections, baby. Yeah. Look it up. Purple look. hair girl in the purple if hair. You're listening suit. to this, right purple now. hair suit boss bitch girl. You gotta you gotta hit us up from four years ago at a nice restaurant. No, it was. Uh, I don't know. I was just some restaurant downtown. This would have been like six years ago because I moved out here like four years ago. We'll find her. But um, We'll find her. <laughs> <laughs> so I did the whole Gaboji thing, expected to make a bunch of money. It was a total bust, failed. I moved back to the farm for the first time since high school. And I was just like, all my friends were like out doing their thing. They graduated, they're successful. I'm like, I'm living on the farm. Yeah, I was like a 25-year-old. And your dad's like, hell yeah, he's back. <laughs> it's about time, boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I had this big opportunity when I lived in Florence. I actually had like a few different like side jobs, uh, just freelancing when I lived in Italy. And I one was like for this travel agency that took college kids on trips around Europe. And I made a few videos for them. They gave me free travel to different countries in exchange for video. And I stayed in touch with one of the guys. And he worked for... Um, uh, remote year. I don't know if you heard. Oh of remote yeah, year. yeah, yeah. So he was. They had a presence in Denver for a while, as far as I know. So he actually, he, yeah, he actually ended up moving to Denver uh, a couple of years ago. But this was back in 2017. So um, he was actually one of the guys who, like, he's in charge of like saying, "Yeah, you're you're good to hop on board with remote year." So they had a company from London. It was like a startup company. Who are looking for like creatives to like travel with remote year uh, basically the gig was to make video content for this app that translates languages like a bunch of them out there but that's what they did too and um so the idea was i was going to travel to 12 different countries or 12 different cities in multiple different countries over 12 months uh, i ended up getting the job did all the interviews got the job and we had a few meetings like over the phone over video and then one day i got a call uh, they say like some angel investors dropped out and the business just went out bankrupt. Jeez, that's, and such I a, that's so heartbreaking. Like, I'm going to travel the world making videos. Like, that's exactly why what I signed up to do. Yeah. And yeah, that's got me. And they wrote me like a small check and gave, sent me like a small check for like for convenience. Your yeah. And then I ended up getting a job working like 50 hours at a warehouse, running a forklift, wearing a hard hat, loading semis up with seed. Just kind of Just that, dwelling on that missed opportunity. Well, that was like, I need I need to get out of Iowa. Like I need to get like, video. Oh, video. Oh, I'm still in Iowa. You're like, still in Iowa. You I'm still working. I'm living at the farm, but I'm like, I got this other job. Like I need to get out. I need to do something. So I got that job and I took that money. Then I moved out to Denver. Jumped in the hoopty. 
Yep. And that's, got that's what got here. me out to Denver finally. So yeah. I still swear my favorite job ever was driving a forklift in a warehouse. I that's because you had I, office jobs before. Yeah. If you'd gone, anyway. that was like, I would say that was my worst job. <laughs> I was so miserable and depressed and just like, I don't want to be here at all. Well, yeah, you just had your like dream stripped away. And then, especially, I mean, and I just didn't fit in. I just yeah. like, I mean, I was hilarious. So it's like a town, one town over. And I first day of the job, I go to the like gas station and get breakfast. And I walk get in, some, get some pizza with eggs on it from the <laughs> Casey's. Casey's. <laughs> And Midwest, if you're in the Midwest, totally. Casey's, I forgot pizza. you did all that fucking. I did some work. Shit. I did some work in That's, Northeastern yeah. Iowa for a while, so I got to experience a few meals a day at gas stations. Too. Yep, yeah, yep. That's a thing. Um, all right, anyway, so I walk in there, and it's like a place where everyone just hangs out in the morning, grabs coffee, right? Uh, talks about crops, weather, whatever, just shooting shit. People hanging out. I walk by, and, and all these old guys is like their heads just turn as I walk past them. Because your hair? Oh, yeah. And the one guy goes, get a fucking haircut. And I was <laughs> One like, guy goes, get a fucking haircut? And I was like, as I closed my eyes, I was like, this is, yeah, this is where I'm at right now. But like, I'm I'm doing this, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to get the money, and I'm going to move to Denver. But Wait, I was like, so, I was so well, funny. Like, I got to find like, purple I, hair, girl. I, walk, I walked out, and I just like laughed. Because at that point, it's just like, you have to laugh about the situation you you're to. in, right? It's hilarious. Were, it was hilarious. You, it was, it, was it like super disheartening? Were you depressed? Like you're trying to start this whole new thing. Yeah, no, I was definitely, it. I mean, I didn't remember I didn't touch a camera for like months. And like, I look back at that time and I was like, I, I can't even think of like what I did outside that job. Mm-hmm. I think I just went home. I just worked and went home and just like chilled and hung out, you know? Yeah. I didn't have much going on at all, but I knew you knew what you wanted to do and you knew so because that opportunity sort of lapsed with the with the travel abroad bouncing around to multiple countries did you were you vying for something similar or did you uh is this you know you were up for any sort of opportunity when you moved to denver well i knew i didn't want to work for anyone but myself i didn't want to work heard i didn't want to like get a part-time job or full-time job and do this on the side, that guy was going all in on myself. Um, when I was like getting close to graduating from college, I was like, there's two companies I want to work for. If I can't get an internship with them, I'm just going to do my own thing. And I was like Red Bull and GoPro and they don't offer video like intern, like interns for like video production. So I was like, well, that I'm was actually easy- surprised about that. I wouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. yeah. I was like, well, that was an easy decision. I guess I'm doing my own thing. So yeah, I moved out to Denver and I mean, I had like a plan, like I put together like an Excel sheet, looked up a bunch of businesses, freelancers, artists, other stuff like that. Um, found Wayfinder, joined Wayfinder like within a few weeks of um, first moving to Denver. Um, so for me, the big thing was like, I look back now and I realize why community means so much to me. Like ever since like Wayfinder ended, like I've been searching for like my own community. We like, don't no. speak about Wayfinder. Honestly, well, I'm that, just brushing the surface. I'm just I brushing know. the no, surface. No, no. Well, I'm that guy. I'm a, I, I, think, I think that's, a, all heard I think that's a common thread in cities, especially cities where there are a lot of transient, not, not you know, not people, not in homeless people, but people that like come and go or they're, or they're, they didn't grow up here. They didn't have transplants. That have transplants. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's a, that's a common thread. People are, are, are starving for community. And that's something that clearly is really, was really important to you before. Cause I grew up in Iowa. I yeah. mean, if you, if you're from a small town anywhere, you understand like community is like mm-hmm. a huge factor in a small town. That's why a lot of people stay in small towns is because they have that sense of community. Yeah. Um, so that was, um, I knew you came really, here like seeking that out. And, and then, you know, I didn't really think about that. I didn't think about it that way when I was doing it. And like up until like the last probably two years, but I'm like, yeah, I mean, I guess the reason community means so much to me is because I grew up in that small town mm-hmm. where community is like a huge factor. When you came out here, what was like, did you have a certain amount of money that was going to last a certain amount of time? Did you have I like a, a runway that you're had, like, okay, I've got six months and then if it doesn't work, I got to go? Like, what did that look like? I had hardly any money, even though I had that job. I'm not sure where that money went to, like what I did with it. <laughs> uh, I started paying off like college, uh, you know, debt and all that stuff. But honestly, I was like, I moved out to Denver. I was like, where's all this money I've made in the last few months? I'm, I'm like, where did they go? I was so broke. I mean, I was more broke my first year in Denver than I was in college. 
hundred percent. I'm sure the cost of living here was exponentially higher. I too. mean, that and just like I mean, I was eating ramen noodles, like ramen noodles, frozen pizza, box macaroni. I was doing like bartending gigs on the weekends, like from time to time bartending weddings. And I would just hook the kitchen up with drinks all night. At the end of the night, they would just give me platters of food. And like that was my food for the week. I mean, <laughs> like I didn't, like I was literally at one point. Clearly you're resourceful. I was very, I traded a lot. I tr- traded a lot when I first moved to Denver. I remember like coming back from a hike one time and we're on 36 coming from Boulder to Denver. And I have to like, there's like this noise in my car. It's like my my friend's like, what the hell is that? <laughs> I'm like, ah, we got to pull over. I pulled over and I had duct tape and Gorilla Glue in the back seat. And parts of my car would just like be flopping in the wind. This, is, I, the, this <laughs> is the the old Hoopty Buick you had? Uh, Kia. Kia, yeah. Kia Monte. Um, oh, the next car was the Buick. No, I drive like a train now, GMC. I no, never I, had a Buick. What was the big what was I the big hoopty car you had? I never had a big hoopty car. I don't know <laughs> what that is. Oldsmobile or something? No. Dude, it's no. a Kia and a GMC, well, man. Yeah, am, I, am I in a p- different universe? Yeah. Different simulation, bro. Well, this simulation is glitch. Is all, glitch. There's no way you had a Korean car before. <laughs> but um, I was so broke, man. I mean, there was times I didn't have gas when you go into Wayfinder. Like and at that point, you're like, so okay. Was your film thing? Were you set up as like an LLC? You had yep. a business, yep. so you you were here. You had this business set up, and you're just fucking hustling. I'm buying find... equipment for shoots off Amazon and returning them after the shoot. <laughs> <laughs> no lie, no lie. Honestly, and then I'm like, that's and brilliant. Then, and then I'm like, damn, I gotta pay ten dollars in shipping to ship this back. Like that's how broke I yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that was a lot of money to me. We actually, um, we did a, it, oh, no, it was Britain and me. We did an interview with a guy at, during out the Outdoor Retailer Expo, and that was his whole thing. He would pop around to different conven- uh, conventions and conferences and stuff, and he would just order all the gear and send it back <laughs> after he was done. So he had all this <laughs> badass equipment. But Yeah, yeah I, I got mean, hustle, man. You got to be resourceful. Wild. Huh. Um, but I remember my friend, I pulled over to like glue and tape my car together and got back in. My friend's like, He's like, looked at me, like, concerned. He's like, dude, he's like, everything, like, are you okay, like, right now? Because <laughs> I'm like, you know, like, this is happening, this is going on, I'm, like, super poor, and, like, I'm just really struggling, but, like, dude, it's fucking awesome, man. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, love, like, I'm, like, you know, I'm working, I'm doing my thing, like, I remember, like, days you just feel so defeated, and I drive on 70, heading back to Arvada, where I lived, sun setting over the mountains, I'm just like, dude, I'm out here doing it, but I... It was really miserable. It was really, really tough point in my life. It's funny. I go back to Iowa and people would be like, oh, it must be nice to like have this awesome, look, cool life where you just take good pictures on Instagram all the time. And I'm like, well, actually. That's, that's the whole side of your life that they got to see. Yeah. And I would tell them, I'm like, well, actually, I'm so broke. I can't afford it. Like, I had like, a friend send me a care package one time. He sent me boxers socks and condoms <laughs> <laughs> and i was like i was like bro like I just that's got a your, good friend i man. was like bro i just got your packet I was like what i was like why the hell did you send this he goes he goes well you told me you were like really you struggling you're broke you can't afford a like, baby you, right now i was man. like bro you didn't think about giving me like 50 dollars like panera bread or something <laughs> <laughs> condoms are so cheap in iowa man <laughs> I mean, he was a great. I mean, you know, shout out to that friend. He he was trying to help, but I was like, I mean, you could give me like fifty dollars to like Walmart or like Amazon or something. Yeah, like, yeah. it seems like you need this. But he was he was concerned. Grocery um, would be nice. But I was I was always very like honest with people about my life. Like I think a lot of times on social media, I I'll openly talk about like failures and things that just aren't going right. Um, it's so so refreshing. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I just, I've been off social media for a couple of years, but I remember that about you from, yeah. from my from my stint on on Instagram. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it's refreshing because a lot of this the stuff you see is a lot of sort of shameless self promotion, mm-hmm. and that's not as re- that's not as relatable. Certainly not for founders and entrepreneurs. It's it's much more relatable to 
and and resonates more to hear about the struggle. Well, there's yeah. also a lot of like the hustle culture shit, which is like this kind of fake hustle, like fake mm-hmm. it till you make it, or mm-hmm. not fake it till you, it's like a fake. Oh, I'm struggling so hard. It's like I don't know, man. The way you present it is like life so people hard. People glamorize like, oh, you just got to hustle, hustle. You yeah, just, but like they don't understand like the downside of that. Yeah, it's more of the like I'm going to show the late night grind when it becomes like a the, part of your brand to just bitch about the hustle. Yeah, I think it's a part of that, but it's also just like you're going to go off about the like grinding late night on my computer doing X, Y, and Z. Blah, oh, blah, blah, glor- blah. and it's like, dude, when you're talking about don't glorify working sh- fucking 40, 14 hours yeah, a week. It's like that shit. We're talking the about the $10, the $10 shipping fee or the, the fact that it's <laughs> yeah, like, that's Hey man, socks are nice, hustle, but yeah. that's the real hustle. Yeah. Like you working too much because you think you have to. Yeah. That's, that's not something we should glorify. No, I, I think that's, um, you know, my first couple of years in Denver, I was super on. I mean, I told you the food I was eating. I was so broke. And I think I was like not in a good mental spot either because I was just my my life. Your basic your basic needs were barely being met. So yeah, it's, I mean, I mean, I wasn't doing. I mean, I I didn't have a nice enough car to go out to the mountains and go do a hike if I always felt stressful. But those first few years, I was super unhealthy. Yeah, and I how think long, a lot of people saw was that. Like if you of... saw me now, you saw a picture of me now, and a picture of me like two three years ago, I look completely different. Um. And I think in the last year, ever since past COVID, you know, COVID kind of, I literally backtracked to like 2018 when I first moved to Denver. Um, but after COVID, I've been able to really build my business and I've been more successful than ever. And like now it's more important for me, like my career is my life 100% and it'll always be that way. But I've made so much more room for hobbies and leisure time. And just going out and doing Columbine things I enjoy. Steakhouse. Columbine Steakhouse, man. <laughs> Columbine Steakhouse. We're going to plug it one Federal more time. Land. Check it out. <laughs> Federal land. Federal land. So how long was that period of like just hustle? Like I mean, you're buying shit off Amazon. So I guess I'll, I'll break it down to you like financially. My first year in Denver, I made $17,000. I lived off $17,000. And that was 10,000 10, of that was video production. 7,000 was like delivering food. And bartending from time to time. That second year, I made thirty six thousand. And then after that year, would have been twenty twenty. I was set to make almost my first six figures. Um, and then COVID happened, and in one week, I lost over forty thousand dollars of contracts for the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, moved to Florida, lived with my sister and her family, which was great. Loved it. Got to watch my niece and nephew grow up. Got to spend time with them. Um, it was really good family time, but it was also like. You were in Florida. I was in Florida. <laughs> yeah, Florida. Man. I was in Florida, man. Um, Love you, Florida. Not and then, really yeah, I moved back. No. So then I moved back in 2021, and I had my most successful year I've ever had. Hmm. Um, what, what do you attribute that to? Just sticking it out. The, the comeback you, is always you, better than the setback. You oh, shit. Ooh. Let's make a shirt. Yeah, we got to get shirts. There Bra- we go. Brandy shirts. Quoted by Brandy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Didn't you have a video that went super viral during COVID with the... Yeah, so... Oh, it was... it was dancing. The Denver dance. Dancing the Mad World. Oh, yeah. man, that was great. Yeah, so... Um, it was sad, yeah, it was sad remember, as fuck, but it was so Yeah, good. it was super sad. Like, I, people were bawling, crying. Like, all the comments were just like, I can't stop crying. But, like, I can't stop crying, but it's so beautiful. Yeah, um, I remember that one. Yeah, so, like, during that time, I was like, man, I just lost my entire career. And like one week, I remember like telling my roommate the week before I'm like, yeah, I don't think this is really going to affect me. I remember sitting in the parking lot in the car at Costco because we were going to stock up on groceries. I got a big call that I lost a big contract. And I just sat there and I was like. And those yeah, people you know, are probably so sad to even tell you that they're, you know. Yeah, it was hard for them to to tell me that. Yeah, yeah it was I definitely mean, very difficult for because them. Because their decision to do that was, oh shit, our business is going to fucking tank right now. Yeah. Um, and. And, and sorry, go ahead. Well, yeah, no, I was just going to say, I felt like I was like super defeated during that time, but I was also like, you know, even though I'm not making money to make videos, I can still make videos. So I went out and it was like documenting just empty Denver with like drone shots. Um, and it was so eerie. I remember like this, I have this opening shot in that video and it's um, Park Ave coming into Coors Field. Mm-hmm. Friday, 6 p.m. Friday. 
No one one car. One, literally one car. And they weren't even during allowed rush to be hour. there. And so I'm just Bro, like documenting all this footage. And I'm like, well, what can I do with this footage? Like I can just like post empty drone footage. But I'm like, that's that doesn't have like a long shelf life. And my whole thing is like storytelling. Like story is king. You can have like all the best shots, cinematography, best cameras, best lighting. But if you can't tell a story, you know, you're not going to relate to most population. So I, I came up with this idea. I heard the, I was like trying to think of what I'm going to do. And I heard the Mad World song. It was a cover. Uh, it wasn't by Tears for Fears. It was like, Jazz, I, I, I don't know. So it was a female. Oh. Yeah, I, yeah. She covered it. And I, I kid you not, I just, just, like sat at my desk to like 3 a.m. writing. Like I just had the idea. Dancers, masks. So yeah, anyways, long story short, I made this, you know, impactful video for a lot of people did, did you go hire the dancers how did you get that? i dude i, I it's funny because i documented this whole process of like i have this idea it's a great idea and like i think people are gonna love it but like they're not allowed to go outside right but now. well i i just like couldn't find people to be in the like i reach well, out to you people don't have on money in, right now and like like yeah i was reaching out to people on instagram i was finding like dance groups on facebook i was looking through hashtags i was reaching out to all these people and all these organizations like hey this is my idea this is what i want to do no responses, not a single response. And then one morning I had two different responses and both girls were like, I have a friend who also would like dance. And I hit up this guy who makes masks. So anyways, I had them, uh, these, these dancers in the street and it's just like them. It's very eerie. Like you hear the music, yeah, yeah. Mad World, right? And then you just see empty Denver. And I think the thing that works the best for that video is like two things that don't belong together. Mm-hmm. You know, you have art, like people dancing in the street, which is like usually happy, like right? Mm -hmm. But they're wearing masks and there's literally not a single other person in the scenes in like downtown Denver. Mm -hmm. So it's like this juxtaposition of like two different things. And that was impactful. And also just like impactful because everyone was going through their own shit at that time. Totally. Mm -hmm. Did Do you feel like that production ended up you know, leading into future opportunities? Um, I don't think any opportunities ever came from that, but a lot of people still reference that video. Or you like, couldn't or you couldn't draw the parallel you couldn't draw the lines uh, Yeah, exactly. But, but but exactly I mean we're we it was clearly impactful on us and we're bring because you know Eric brought it up tonight. So yeah. so whether you know it or not, I'm sure it had some connection. I was just wondering exactly. if somebody like who somebody who hired you had no. found that. Uh, yeah, I'm, for sure. Like you said, there's probably things I don't know about. Um, but I, I mean, still to this day, people were like, "Will introduce me to someone?" Be like, "Hey, remember that video I showed you of the dancers during COVID? Like, that's that's Josh. That's him." So hmm. it's it's cool yeah. when like people can like reference uh, something that you made. Yeah, and, like, it's memorable. It's huge. Um, so yeah, that video is definitely like one of my videos that people like refer to me about, like know me for. So, so you did that during COVID, but that was like before you went down to Florida. Yeah, I moved to Florida like three weeks after that. I was on the news; a couple of news stations interviewed me, um, and then yeah, I bounced to Florida. Hmm. They saw your vi- they saw your video and inter- and yeah, interviewed reach you. Reach out to me, yeah. And it's funny because I took that video and I reached out to so many organizations. And once again, no one hit me back, no responses. And then like I get an email from like channel like KDVR, uh, Colorado Channel 2 News, like, hey, we just saw your video. We want to interview you like in two hours. <laughs> How does that, is, is it just uh, like a PR opportunity? Is there, yeah. do they pay you for that? No, they didn't pay me. But they, they interviewed me and they showed my footage on, on TV. Um, yeah. YouTube ended up buying the clip, one of the clips. And people were 68 bucks. 68 bucks I made for selling one clip to YouTube. Jesus. Just like one clip of that video? Yeah. What so you, how much do you think they've made off of that clip? Oh, a ton. Dude, yeah. people yeah. have been consuming hella content ever since. The, the vast majority of social conversation or like in group conversations at this point are talking about all the, you know, shows and things we still watch. But mm-hmm. so, I mean, it seems like. This is only the beginning for just for film, up. for film and and Brandy. So how did so okay? You you do the video. You move to Florida. You don't really have a lot of work at that point, right? I have no work because um, it's full COVID. 
I'm living with my my sister. But Florida and, never locked down. Right? Florida never. No, <laughs> Just, you're right. Florida never locked down. That was the crazy part. Um, um, but my sister, I mean, she had a daughter and a, a boy, and he was he was one, she was four, and they were very cautious with COVID. So like. I was like, they, I would, yeah, I would get anxiety. It's like, what if I go out and do something and I get COVID and I bring it back to my niece and nephew? Um, so like, honestly, during the Florida time, like, I didn't really do much. I did a lot of editing work. I got paid to do like edit a lot of videos, but the only, f I actually only had one shoe when I was in Florida and it was, uh, I went to Michael Vick's house to film him. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? You went to Michael Vick's house to yeah. film him? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is he still trying to Are we allowed to like, talk shit about Michael Vick? Yeah. You, can, you can talk about Michael Vick however you want. He had a dog. <laughs> Is he allowed? Lola. He's he allowed. A, he's allowed to have he dogs. Had a dog. No, it was was uh, that what you were a, filming? It was a Rottweiler. Her name was Lola. Was she nice? She was very nice. Yeah. She's fucking. Was he, he nice? was he nice to her? Yeah. Yep. Ugh. Yeah. He, I know. People. People who are mean to dogs, man. <laughs> people who are mean to dogs. Yeah. yeah. There's no no bad dogs. Bad people. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> oh, I fucking love it. I like yeah. dogs more than all of you guys. <laughs> I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but why did you go to Michael Vick's house? Um, so was, long story short, the, my brother-in-law works for EA, EA Sports. Um, NFL was trying to do a... They were thinking that they were going to throw a massive party for a kickoff football season. But then they're like, then I felt like, well, no, like, we can't do it because COVID. So they like worked with EA to do like an online like tailgate party hmm. where they had like a host, they had like interviews, all this stuff. They had different like, NFL players and celebrities and musicians and artists playing Madden online, you know, remotely. And that, that's how they did like the promotion for like the NFL kickoff that year. Hmm. So I went down to go film him playing Madden with Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn was like in a different state or something, but they were just playing online. So I just filmed him like playing Madden. Yeah. <laughs> with Lola. <laughs> with Lola. We like dog. Marshawn though, right? We like Marshawn. He's legit. Yeah, I like Marshawn. Yeah. So that was the only gig I got when I was in Florida, hmm. like filming. Yeah. I mean, I went back to Iowa a couple of times, did some work there. I came back to Colorado, did a couple of gigs out here. Um, but then it would always drive. You back. came back. You, you flew or drove back. Drove, man. I had like within a few months, I drove six times. Each drive was twenty four to twenty eight hours. Jesus, was Dude, he still that a hoopty Buick? That's really a Kia. And I had the train. I had the GMC. Okay. Then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, the Kia would not have made that. I, yeah. I literally drove to the Kia. I had an incident on what Highway 6. What about the big old like grandma <laughs> car? It's not real, man. Exactly. It's not real. I have no idea what you're talking about. I think you're thinking about the Kia. The Kia was like a big old hoopty? It was white. It was a Kia? It was a Kia. <laughs> Joe, Dude, it had Joe like, always talked about this guy. Not just now during this, like, this podcast, like has always been infatuated with that car. That oh, car man, was just like, Korean. it was It was just like bouncing down the road. Like it was just, it like had those, I, oh, man. Keep going. No, I love that car. So yeah. how did you get back? Like you were saying it was the year after or 2020. Yeah, 2021. I moved back. How, how did you rebound? Like what was that? Um, so one of my bigger clients is Visit Aurora. I do all the video content and I was able to pick up that contract when I first moved to Denver. I went on a backpacking trip with a girl in college. And she ended up joining their team and like messaged me on Facebook was like, Hey, like, I don't know if this would be interested in you'd be interested in this, but like we need like video content. And so I started that contract with them. And that was like a big contract that they called me on the phone. Like, Hey, we're, we're done for the rest of the year. I'm like, damn, that was, so that they, was your primary source of income yeah, at that point. You know? Yeah. Are you back with them? Yep. I'm back with them. So they were like, Hey, we, we you know, in 2021, we want to sign a new contract with you and like keep moving forward. So we signed that contract. Um, I literally drove, I think it was on January 2nd. I drove from Florida back to Colorado. Hmm. And that was like the, like the domino effect, right? I was, I just need to get back out there. I just need to start, you know, people need to know I'm back, I'm around, start doing some work, and then things just took off from there. Hmm. So do you, do you feel like things have kind of expanded from your contract with Visit Aurora? Are you 
are you are you still working on? I'm still working stuff with them for yep. them. Yep. Nice. yep, they're like one of my bigger clients for sure. Yeah, I have a one year every every year we resign a contract. What are they renegotiate? What are the highlights about Aurora? Why should I visit Aurora? You know, it's funny because I get that question all the time. <laughs> You're like, why should I go to Aurora? The food, baby. We need the a re- food. The food. <laughs> the food. Oh, the there's food the, there's Ethiopian food, food. There's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of Eastern African restaurants. A lot of Asian food. A yeah. lot of Mexican food. I mean, Federal has really good Mexican food too. But uh, Aurora is really great for food. Um, also, just like good for business. Like a lot of because the airport's right there. You know, it's the I know the stacks. I just worked on this video. It's like the fourth busiest airport in the world, which is tough to believe, but that's DIA. I had to change that stat so much times because DIA kept like tweaking it. So I know that's legit because I, I had to re-edit this video multiple times for them. <laughs> um, so a lot of people come to Aurora for like business. Like, you know, there's a bunch of like conventions and conferences mm-hmm. because the Gaylord and all, all these other hotels. Oh, that's part of Aurora too, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Aurora's yep. fucking huge. It's huge too. It's a lot bigger than people it's think. It's like Stapleton all the way down in the Southlands. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I came back in 2021 and then, yeah, just kept hustling. Picked right. You know, it's funny because like when COVID happened, like I lost everything, right? Like all my contracts went away. It was kind of like, one of those moments, you know, when like people think you're going to break down and cry, but you just kind of like laugh because it's like, how else are you going to yeah, get yeah. through it? Yeah. Uh, it's like you can break funny. down and cry and get through it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. You definitely can. Um, well, and I also feel like you've been through, like you've, you've gone through different waves of shit. I mean, this is kind of a thing. When, I was kind of like, well, it's, yeah. It's just another bump it's in another the road. thing. Yeah. yeah. It's just another thing. I mean, deep down inside, I was crying for sure, yeah. like Joe mentioned. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, you know, I've been there before. Yeah, I've been there before. So, so, so like, I know how to eat fucking ramen noodles and <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, well, no, I was you living were, with my sister, prepared. so I wasn't having to eat. Ramen yeah, yeah. <laughs> your but si- if you your sister, your sister and her husband, who's in executive at games, helped you out. Yeah, yeah, they helped me out a huge, and I wouldn't be able to do it without them. They that, I that's mean, community, man. I think a lot of times, uh, I'm the person in the family that a lot of people don't really understand or like know like why is he doing this what's what's he trying to pursue like you're describing every they get entrepreneur exactly but like why the hell are you doing that well because i fucking have to yeah and my sister and my brother-in-law they they understand it 100 and they've been extremely supportive i mean my whole family has been but those two like really understand me for sure Mm. so what's next for the business i mean you're kind of back on track things are going well So, I mean, things have been going great right now. Um, business is great. I think the thing for me that I've been struggling with that I've, you know, I've recently hired a business coach um, because I know I'm struggling with this a lot is I've become too complacent. Like I've become too comfortable. Um, you know, like back in the early days when I first moved to Denver, man, I was hustling. I was like reaching out to people. I was looking for stuff. I was tapping into the resources and networks and connections and like, trying to find and that's any, what it took and i've i've lost that because i've just become comfortable oh, and i feel like and, i'm the, i feel like i've plateaued and these and these and these, and these so so what i'm hearing you say is that if you don't continue at least to some extent that hustle you're gonna your your pipeline is gonna dry out yeah i think um anytime you start feeling comfortable with your your business is kind of when you need to start pushing right? You need to start innovating. You need to try different stuff. You need to experiment. You need to, like, you need to start taking on bigger projects because then you're just going to, you're going to plateau, right? You're just going to have the steady line of like, this is what I'm doing the rest of my life. But like, you need to keep climbing mountains. Do, but, you, yeah. do you see yourself being, like, do you see what you're building turning into something where like you'll hire people and it, it yeah. will become a bigger business or is this going to be a solopreneur thing? So I definitely... Like the idea of being a freelancer, like I, no, I have no intention of like building a production company mm-hmm. at all. I want to be, you know, the reason I can. A lot of times, I'm competing with other like production companies, um, and the thing that sets me apart is there's no overhead. Mm-hmm. It's just me. You want me to fly out to Alaska to shoot this film super last minute? I can do that. I can drop what I'm doing and pick that up and do it. Um, so I think that's what makes makes me good in the fact that I can compete with other people, like larger businesses, 
Because they have too much bureaucracy and too many like yeah. loops to jump yeah. through in yeah. order to make something like that happen. And I can do fast turnarounds too. You know, I've I've been hired by events uh, for like EA Sports or like Red Rock shows where like I spend eight days, eight hours filming. I stay up till six a.m., eleven a.m. to edit a video and have it to them by noon. Mm-hmm. Oh, so like can, that night, that next day, noon the next day. And I've done that. And that's the kind of turnaround they're looking for. So yeah. You, I've, I mean, one time during COVID, I had a company call me at 11 p.m. on a Sunday. And we're like, hey, we need eight edited videos by 8 a.m. They paid me a lot of money, and I got those videos done by 8 a.m. Holy <laughs> shit, man. Did you did you tag anyone else in to help? Or, or is it- no. That was 11 p.m. on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I did. I, I, mean, I, I, yeah, I, I was like, I was like, <laughs> stoked. I was like, man, I like, my thing is like, uh, hydration, like water, caffeine, and like alcohol. So I poured myself, <laughs> poured myself some whiskey, like made a pot of coffee, like fill up my Nalgene. Lit and some like, candles. I, I like, yeah. I like, Do I like, you pee like every 20 minutes? I mean, I no, I'll, no, the trick is you don't pee. You don't pee. The you don't pee. Yeah, you just hold it. Yeah, yeah. All right. um, so like, that's my thing. Like when I'm like trying, like when I'm editing, I have like, a whiskey or beer. I have caffeine. Usually, just always coffee, and like water. Do you have like do a you drink, music thing you go to? Or is I have it, a set playlist. Yeah, of, I have yeah. like different playlists I play. Um, what kind of coffee do you drink? Would you say Queen City, man? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought. Are, are, are you drinking uh, pure arabica beans? Pure. That's all we got. Yes, around, so that's exactly. Place. That's exactly yeah. what I'm drinking. How do you know? I mean, was it the, was it the I, poster on the wall? The poster on the wall is a dead giveaway. I I'll, that's all I really know about coffee is that it's got caffeine, and the good stuff is arabica. Hell yeah, baby! Hell yeah, brother! You've learned, you've learned, <laughs> young one. I know everything there is to know about coffee. Yeah, tell me more. And it and it, and it, <laughs> and it turns Josh into a video making machine who doesn't piss for eight hours straight. I'm gonna. Well said. That that's your that, that's your reward. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when you're done, you get to pee. So I think your story is like one of. It sounds like just I mean hustling your ass off. What what would you? For other people, you're you're kind of in that creative. You know, we call it the creative series when we talk with like sort of artists, musicians, mm-hmm. and stuff. What would you say to other creatives out there? Like, if you had to talk to yourself. In 2018, what was the thing that you would say to yourself back then that was like, dude, just do this and it's not going to be easy, but you're going to get through or I, or that's a terrible question, actually, because uh, it just sounds like hustle your ass off. But I guess if you could give your, yourself a piece of wisdom that you have now, what would that be? I would say that no one else can see your vision. So don't get caught up in other people doubting you because mm-hmm. they can't see what you see. Mm-hmm. They can't see what you see. Do, do you ever find yourself sort of trying to explain your vision to no avail? Yeah, I think sometimes it's really hard to explain what I'm thinking. And I think that's a, I mean, that comes with um, experience, right? Like when I first started off, I'd be like, yeah, you know, like we're going to do this thing and like people getting like stoked about it and we're going to like have this cut. Like, you know, it's like a horrible way of edit, like explaining something <laughs> to someone. Like they don't have... It's going to be sick and it's going to be like... Yeah, they have no idea what you're talking about. Um, so I think... Just like, as, Michael Bay fucking... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lots of explosions. Um, lots of like sound effects. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. You should pay me for it. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be so sick when we're gonna have some so yeah i think definitely being able to explain your process and what you what you can visualize uh being able to explain that better to people definitely comes with experience so before we wrap this up i have to ask about your weirdest client and i know you have to talk about it in some abstract it's not fucking micro <laughs> the best for last huh yeah um yeah okay so I need, oh, a, I need the weirdest a, client. We have to speak <clears throat> cryptically. Um, I guess like the crazy. I guess the best way to explain would be like the craziest client. Um, so la- actually, almost exactly a year ago, uh, it was October fourth when I went out there. I got called up from my old landscaping or old a bolt boss I had during college. It was like, hey, started this company. 
uh, we need you to go out and like film some content for us. I was like, yeah, I can do that. That's, that's what I do. And um, he's like, what? You're going to have to talk to my partner, my business partner, because I, you know, I'm not working on the project. I'm not going to be out there. I'm like, okay, cool. So I talked to this guy and I mean, we've had like four conversations over the course of like two weeks. And like every time I called him to like understand what this project was, it was 15 minutes of You're asking too many questions. <laughs> it was like 15 minutes of people speaking in a different language in the background. And literally the only thing I got from it was it's the sea world of the hemp industry. The sea, that, that was the analogy that, that they was, used. That was, yeah, that was the analogy. And I was like, okay, so Wait, like, what? that's like a big, it's like a, it's a big operation. Like, that's is a there like operation. a big stone Shamu somewhere? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, just a bunch of like lethargic dolphins. Yeah, just <laughs> They're like trying to get them to come out of the water. Like, no, nah, yeah, we're good. Munching some sardines. <laughs> this is, so, um, yeah. that's, so for uh, two weeks and like, I keep saying like, you know, I'm like, okay, well, like I need to like know what the project is. Um, and he's Dude, like, well, we, we know how much it's going to cost. We know how much. I'm like, I can't tell you how much it's going to cost until you tell me what the project is. Like, you know, like that's not how this operates. Anyways, it gets on to like a week before I, I was supposed to be flying out. And I was like, you know what? Whatever. I was just like type up a quote. This is my day rate. This is like my editing rate. This is my travel rate. This is like all the fees, the per diem. This is like what you guys have to pay. Kind of up that a little bit because I'm just like, I don't, okay. know I don't know what's yeah. going on. Yeah, it seems like these guys are going to pay it. And they're like, "Okay, cool, that's cool with us." And I was like, <laughs> "Okay, well, like now we need to sign the contract because like you need to pay me fifty percent up front to reserve that date, right?" So right. because a lot of times with video production it happens all the time, people want a video, they schedule a video, and then they cancel, and then I'm left. You know, I've already done pre-production, I've done location scouting, I've done all this other this work, and I may have said no to other work because I had this job. So I'm like. That's how I operate. I, you know, do not have, I do not do work until a contract signed. This happened to be one of the only times in the last four years I did not have a contract signed. So, but did they pay so you, you up front, but they it. didn't? No, no, no. So the story goes deep. The story goes deep. This is, is going to take a little bit. Um, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm here for it, man. So, um, anyways, it gets on in like five days before I'm supposed to like fly off the shoot. And all I know is it's the, this, Country, the government, their government, and it's the sea world of the hemp industry. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, all right, it's my old boss um, from college. You know, his name's on it. It's his company. I'm just, you know, I'm going to go for it. Like, I'm just, I trust him. So I'm like, do you just want me to pay, you book like the, the flight, the rental car, the hotels? Are you flying to this other country? Or no, I'm not flying to the other country. It's good. It's yeah, domestic. good. Yeah. Clarification. I'm not going to this foreign country. I'm just flying somewhere in the United States. And so I book all this. It's like a thousand dollars worth of like uh travel expenses. And I'm like, I don't have a contract signed. So like I call my old boss. I'm like, I just, you know, this this is what's going on. Uh I don't do business like this. I just want to let you know like I, this is not how I operate, but like I trust that this is gonna go down and like your name's on it, so like I trust you. And he goes, well, I have nothing to do with that project, so you you need to get that contract signed. <laughs> you need to get that contract signed. Is what he straight up told me. He goes, "You need to get that contract signed." That's and he I have nothing to do with it. It was it wasn't his business partner. It was a guy who owned a different business who they've they've done business with in the past. So he couldn't vouch for him. I mean, he was like, "You can trust him. You can trust him. You but, can trust him." But, but he's, but he's like, like, "Get, get, the fucking get that thing fucking signed." Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, five days later, I fly out to this uh, part of the country. Drive like three and part half, of the United States. Part of the United States, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, drive like three and a half hours in the middle of nowhere. Go to like this dive bar on a Sunday night, and I see a you know I see a, a person from this country. And the reason I have to be like the reason I have to be like so broad is because uh, you I can't know people. I don't have an NDA. We don't even. Know. I don't have an NDA signed or anything. But like I, yeah, I think it's just in the best interest to like not be too specific. Yeah, yeah. So, um, anyways, go and just go to like this dive bar, down this like walk in there, and I kind of like making eye contact with people. And they told you meet us at this dive meet bar. us at this dive bar, and like there's a guy on the phone, like we kind of like blink eyes, and he's like. He's on the he's like on the phone. <laughs> so I can sit down at this table. And this other guy sits down next to me. And I I mean, I kid you not. 
the first thing he says to me, he introduces himself as the translator. And he goes, um, I just want to let you know that like I have nothing to do with this party. I have nothing to do with like, this, this, this party. And I'm not going to send you a contract. <laughs> and he goes, so if this whole thing like hits the fan, like shit hits the fan, things go south, just know that I have nothing to do with it. <laughs> that was your introduction to this dive bar? Second, second introduction. It, it gets better. I, I, the second thing he says to me is he goes, don't tell the people from this foreign country, but I just got out of prison <laughs> for smuggling drugs to this foreign country. <laughs> he just which, got out of prison in, in that, that country, country, which is why he speaks that language. He oh, that. he learned it in prison. He learned it in prison. <laughs> were, were the prisons nice? <laughs> I don't know. I, don't know. I, I was literally my jaw dropped and like, you know, the thing about me, I think, is like I can handle pressure <laughs> in situations very well. And like there's almost times where I look back and be like, I should have been upset. I should have been like, whatever. But you thought it was hilarious. I My jaw just dropped and I was just like, what the hell is going on? And I, you know, I wasn't like freaking out. I was just like shocked. I was like just shocked. So, yeah, the rest of the, you know, we, we, we started talking I literally have no idea what this project is. I literally have no idea what I'm Other filming. Sea World of Hemp. Yep. Yep. Sea <laughs> World of Hemp. Yeah. That's. The, I still can't fucking. No. I'm just. <laughs> and we're talking. Are we talking about cannabis or just like hemp? Hemp. So like, <laughs> just the, like the stuff that doesn't even fuck you up. Yes. Cool. <laughs> um. So we're we're sitting at the table, and the guy who hired me, um, and the translator. We're just talking about drug smuggling and prison and blah, blah, blah in this country. They call and, him the translator. And I'm sitting there like, <laughs> what if they speak English, like the people from this country? Like, what if they speak English? Like, why are they talking about this at the dinner table? I shouldn't even say dinner table. It's a, it's a table at a dive the bar. bar table, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you're, um, all, you're all having a dinner together. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just like a sports ba- bar. Based on what I sports know about this bar. country, I assume that if they're here, they probably speak English. So at one point the guy starts laughing and then the guy who hired me was like, so you do speak English. Like I knew it. And he's like, yeah, you know, the last few hours I've been like trying to test you out. It's like, see, you know, see if you're legit, get a feel for you guys. And I'm just like, well, this is going south. <laughs> like, shit's in the fan. <laughs> and they're, and they're just openly talking about just some shady about, shit. But like everyone laughs. They just laugh. They throw it off. No big deal. Well, anyways, this woman who, um, has been kind of been on her phone the whole time. Starts talking about the translator. The translator flew into. They all met in Vegas and then flew from Vegas to this to the state together. Well, the the translator was telling me earlier in the dinner. Can you talk about the state? Right. Where, uh, I don't think I can talk about the state because I would give it. So I'm well, basically I'll cut to like what the project is. It's we're filming a large hemp farm that uh, makes pure CBD that extracts okay, CBD okay. and this country it's illegal in their country right now, but they're trying to legalize it to become the main importers of all CBD. Like they're trying to make billions of dollars. Oh, of this. this group is trying to become the CBD. Importer. They're trying to like leave, like present this to the government. So I'm making a video to present to their government to legalize CBD. So this guy can become the main importer of all hmm, CBD wild. to this country. The the guy that was in prison there? No, the the guy He's from, just the, the translator. The, yeah, just the translator. <laughs> the the investor from this businessman from this other country. Wow. So the translator was like telling me, he goes, "Yeah, I was on the plane and I was next to a whore." And I'm like, <laughs> "A whore?" Yeah, I'm like, "He said whore." Yep. Yeah, and I was like, "Ah, I was like, what, I was like, what do you mean?" He goes. <laughs> Uh, well, she was she's a prostitute. She was going to Vegas to work. And I was like, okay, well, that, that makes sense. Like, yeah, it checks out. And they land. And then they land at like 7 a.m. And she goes to me. She goes, do you want to go to the bar and have a drink? And the translator is like, do I want to go have a drink with a hooker at the bar? At after, 7 a.m. After being uh, in prison for four years? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, I didn't. I wasn't sure. It was like, yeah. Of course, I do. <laughs> so he, they go to the bar at the airport, and he gets at the airport at the airport. Yeah, because he has to. That's his, that's his connecting flight. Okay. Gotcha, so then gotcha. he oh up, at the airport in Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. So then, like the people from the other country, like get into Vegas and they meet at the airport, and she's like, "Yeah, like we hug," and 
he smelled like whiskey and he with whore. Like they were just like the translators hammered at 9 a.m. in the morning <laughs> with a hooker. And I'm just like, my jaw just keeps like getting lower and lower. So they brought the hooker with them to. <laughs> no. Uh, no, they, they, you know, like, all right, we got to get going. So you're just watching this on all unfold. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm like, I, I need like a, you know, order a drink. I was like, can I just have like a whiskey neat? Like, I just need whiskey neat. <laughs> like, I don't know what the fuck I'm in right now. And then, you know what? The guy who hired me is like, you know what? We'll all have whiskey. We got like, a few rounds of like whisk, just whiskey neats went back to the holiday inn, drank to like 3 30 in the morning in the holiday in lobby. seven to three seven a.m. Ho- to holiday three. in no so the, no this was like i'm, I'm they, trying to stay up with the they t- so they line. they got into that state they got into vegas at like 9 a.m they left vegas to fly to this other state that we're in so this is like oh, later that night this bad. is like later okay. that night cool uh, I assume they quit drinking during the day, but <laughs> who knows? <laughs> um, and at this point, you know, I finally figure out what's going on. I'm f- I'm here to film, not the government from this foreign country, like they originally mentioned. I'm filming the process of harvesting hemp from the ground, drying it, storing it, and extracting the and oil. extracting the oil. That's the process. We're filming the process to show that this CBD, because the big thing in this country is there, like THC is a really, really bad in this country, like, highly illegal. And because hemp has like a very, like 0.03% THC, they're like, we want nothing to do with it. So we're trying to convince them like, no, 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 like here's, here's the scientific process. And like, it's literally, we can take this tablet of pure CBD and trace it back to an acre in the field. Um, So... I finally figure out what I'm there for. Finally get my contract signed. <laughs> we're, we're up to like 3.30 in the morning. We meet in the lobby at like 7.30 in the morning. I get my contract signed. I get my 50% paid. Yeah. That's so when you got your 50% They're like betting you? <laughs> that, that morning. That morning, yep. I but got they paid. did it and you made it happen. Was it all in like unmarked bills or? Uh, no, square. Okay. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you whipped out your little square card reader. Yep, yep. <laughs> you had to pay a well, transaction fee on this. Yeah, I mean that was my only way to get paid. I was like, the next one's gonna be a check or like a direct deposit. But, uh, so yeah, dude, that's a hell of a client. Um, that's so funny, man. Yeah, but that's ongoing. I actually got a, a text from the translator. This project is still going on. I could go on and on about this project, but it's gonna be so long. But the translator, I pulled up to do this podcast, and he goes. We're meeting tomorrow for a Zoom call to like go for this video. And he goes, bro, I got some crazy stories for you. <laughs> Crazier than... Literally, I could show you my phone. He literally texted me that <laughs> as I pulled up in the parking so lot. So the translator's still involved. And I was like, crazy stories about this project or just like just some crazy story? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was like, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, but the project is still going. I'm still working with them. That's amazing. Well, we'll have to have you on for another one and we can follow up with that story. When you, you can actually tell who they are, where they're from. Yeah. We can confirm it is not Russia. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Russia. I'm not it, working. It ain't Russia. Russia. Can we talk about Joe's ham hocks and these fucking shorts over here? Just filling those things out there, bro. It's you've been hitting leg day hard. <laughs> nah, bro. Don't be like that. It ain't it ain't, it, it, it ain't be like that. Looking so good, you're Joe. looking good. Thick like a linebacker. Yeah, line, <laughs> that's what, that's that's the segue to, to wrap this to wrap this lovely evening up. Get in the sack. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for coming, Josh. You Appreciate are you. such an Thanks interesting guy, man. And thank you so much for taking the time. Brind- Appreciate you guys. Brindy, right? Brind- Brindy. Brindy. For Brindy Spell it out media. for us. B-R-E-N-D-E. Check it out on social media, y'all. Social. Social. Brindy. 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 Brindy.